Welcome to Kill the Lights, More Than an Athlete. I'm your host, Chad Hall. In this 12-episode podcast series, you'll hear from the source. You'll hear from 12 different Piedmont University athletes about their plans following college athletics. Follow along with this series and see how they're more than an athlete. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Kill the Lights, More Than Just an Athlete. I'm your host, Chad Hall, and joining me today is senior men's basketball player Noah Reardon. Noah, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Chad? Thanks for having me. I'm hanging in there, man. I appreciate you being on the show. And um, Noah, the season's right around the corner. I know. I'm super excited. It's my senior year, and I'm ready to get going. I'm excited for you guys. I'm really excited to call what few games i have before i'm i'm done in december so it's gonna be a lot of fun and i'm really looking forward to it i know i'm super excited we got uh four transfers and we got four new freshmen coming in so we got a, like a brand new team but we're building day by day and we're looking pretty good transfers are have been a big big uh talking point for you guys the last two seasons which is it's pretty cool who would have thought that piedmont would get some transfers in i know and like we're sticking with our till uh still zone defense and i bet you know very well yep, that, so. i sure do um, let me ask you to, to preface everything. Why did you choose to come to Piedmont University? So, Chad, I really chose to come to Piedmont, obviously, to play basketball. But even bigger than that, I feel like our basketball coach, Greg Neely, does a great job of, like, building a culture that I went on, like, a lot of tours for Division III, uh, had a few schools look at me. And I thought Piedmont was really, like, unmatched. The culture that Greg Neely and Coach Cavan builds for the team and the players, and it's really, like, a, truly a family. That's that's what you want in a team, ideally. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in culture and how the coaches establish a program because Piedmont Lacrosse has done the same thing. And I f- it's yeah, I feel like it's pretty uniform throughout like Piedmont in general all Absolutely. Sports. Yeah. And I think that's what makes Piedmont a destination for a lot of aspiring collegiate athletes and we have it really good here when it comes to athletics it's amazing uh, also to talk about like the facilities i feel like is very nice as oh well. yeah oh yeah and it's top of the line when you consider what division three schools are typically uh capable of and what they do offer and luckily enough piedmont everybody's got their own locker room you don't have to share anything and the facilities like you mentioned they're, they're top of the line for what we can us like think about having it's very nice that's right so We'll get into outside of athletics, Noah, and have you begun thinking about what's next after this season is over? So obviously I'm a senior, and I know like many people know that there's a fifth year for – I'm actually the last year to get a fifth year for COVID. So after this year, I have one more year. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to use it yet or not. Uh, this summer I actually had an internship in uh, Las Vegas working at Red Rock Casino, which is owned by uh, Station Casinos. And I had an opportunity to stay there for two months, and I was doing, like, food and beverage and guest experience and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to maybe possibly moving back to Vegas upon graduation or after my fifth year. Okay, so that answers my next question for me. So Las Vegas. I know. It's very far. I'm actually uh, from Orlando, Florida, so it would be a pretty hike uh, trip to there. But I loved it in the summer, and I feel like it was a great company to work for. So do you have a formal job offer from them yet, or are you still – so like they, exploring uh, internships. Yeah, so they said uh, upon graduation, we'll talk about, like, they really liked me and stuff. I don't have, like, a formal offer. I don't know, like, what my position necessarily would be, but they said we could talk about it after I get a degree for sure. Okay. So what are you interested in doing for them? Would you want to stay with, like, the hospitality side of it, or do you want to move more into 
like behind the scenes? Uh, that's that's a great question, actually. I kind of like the hospital. My dad's in the hospitality industry. He's been in the hospitality industry for like 30 years. So I kind of want to uh, like trail after him. And I really like the casino industry in general, like uh, behind the scenes of like table games, slots, like on the gaming floor, interacting with guests. And it's just a lot of action, like action packed always. So I probably would want to be on the casino floor. Interesting. Would you consider being a dealer? Maybe not necessarily a dealer, but something along the lines of, like, guest experience and handling. Like, I know we had, like, uh, this summer I met Dana White, actually. So a lot of big-time people came into the casino. So, like, handling the big-time guys and just overall making their experience and, like, living up to that hospitality that Station Casino has provided for for the guests. So what was it like living on the Strip? Actually, Chad, that's a great uh, point. Uh, So the company I worked for caters to locals. So they didn't have any casinos actually on the Strip. So it was off the Strip, which I loved even better. Okay. So being outside of the city, would you say that contributed to your overall experience? I feel like definitely. I feel like I wouldn't want to be on the Strip because it's so chaotic. Like I was off the Strip. If I wanted to go to the Strip on the weekends, I could, which I really didn't do that much. I kind of stayed off the Strip. It was about 20 minutes from the Strip. Okay. And I really loved it. That's hey, that's pretty cool. I've never been to Vegas, and I I've always been interested in going, especially being um, of age to gamble. I think it'd be really cool to do. But maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to hit come. me up when yeah. I graduate. <laughs> maybe so. Um, so you speak of your unique opportunity in your internship this past summer. Have you had any other unique opportunities outside of athletics? Outside of athletics, uh, here at Piedmont, I wouldn't say I, this. That was my first internship opportunity. I uh, was working for my dad a little bit, doing like uh, online stuff, like emails and like bottle sales for like nightclubs and restaurants. But that was my first like official internship. Okay. Um, so sp- speaking of your family ties in the hospitality industry do you think your dad fuels your your desire to go into the field definitely like i like expire what he does uh minus the point of like he travels a lot so like if i down the road i wouldn't want to travel as much as he does but outside of that i really like look after him and like look to see what he does and i i really want to get into that industry okay hey i mean that's it's a big thing about following um your family ties and i think that's awesome i think that opportunity in general is it's that's awesome yeah it was literally insane it was probably one of the best summers of my life like uh i got my meals included i got to stay on the resort i got to use the pool the fitness center everything so it was all inclusive it was all inclusive so was the internship paid it was paid as well i made a 15 an hour and i worked 40 hours a week that's pretty good that's pretty good meals as well yeah hey that's all that you can (laughs) ask for um when when i consider casinos i think of just what happens on the floor could you go into like the behind the scenes and like what you were able to experience especially working for that the specific casino in red rock or the overall who provides that experience for sure like a lot of this like behind the scenes aspect is kind of crazy to think about like uh between like just rewards and like signing people up and then the behind the scenes like if we know like a big time guest is coming into town preparing for him to come in town getting that suite ready for him and all the scenes like behind the scenes having people outside when he's arriving making sure he's like taken care of because like we want that guest to come back and we want to provide the hospitality and like the experience for that guest so then he comes back and doesn't choose another as you know there's so many casinos in las vegas and for them to choose red rock is pretty honorable and we want them to come back so like behind the scenes like just preparing their rooms simple stuff like making their dinner reservations there's just so much behind the scenes and actually just gambling so with 
Red Rock Casino, is there outside ties like to anything on the strip? Like if say you want to leave the resort, so does your job or jobs around you, do they take care like you just mentioned, like the, it's it's like the outsourcing sort of. Exactly. Yeah. I would say we try to like cater like say if a guest wants to go to the strip, we'll offer transportation, we'll drop them off at another casino just for them to experience it. We have no problem doing that. Um, and it's just really whatever the guest wants. Like we make things happen, and if the guest wants to go to experience the strip, we'll drop them off. We'll pick them back up, and then we'll love that if they get the chance to stay with us at Red Rock. Wow. And they own um, Station Casinos. The uh, company owns seven different casinos, and like I mentioned, they're all off the strip. They cater to like locals, and their whole idea was like people that work on the strip want to get away from the strip and like have a place to go, like relaxation, families. So like the idea that is really brilliant by Station Casinos. So would you say that the traffic that comes in and out of the casino is n- as much of the casinos that are on located directly on the strip? I would say um, we get a lot of like higher end guests. I wouldn't say it's as busy or as chaotic because the strip is just the strip and it's always right. going to have people like just foot traffic, people walking on the strip, going in and out of casinos. But as far as like... Um, what we cater to is like the higher end guests. We get a lot of like families. We have a really, they had a really nice pool at Red Rock. So it's a bunch of like families, kids as on the strip. You don't see many of those kids and families because it's just too chaotic. There's really all just like 21 plus areas. Right. And we cater to like outside of that. Okay. Hey, I mean, that provides a totally different experience than what you would imagine Las Vegas is in the 21 plus, like you said. And because when I think of Las Vegas, it's like, Oh, you have to be exactly. To That's go. like most people, exactly. Right, and it, it's a very unique way to look at the casino industry, as well as pairing it directly with a resort. I know there are casinos that pair themselves with a resort, and it provides the all-in-one experience. But I mean, being located off the strip, I think that's more appealing, especially not having to deal with everybody and their grandma on the strip. Exactly. That's like their whole idea, like the chaotic factor. If you want to go to the strip, we'll drop you off at the strip, but come away. It's 20 minutes away. It's around 15 minutes from the airport, which is awesome as well. It's all in the right place. Exactly. And I I think you go to the strip for the experience. Yep. But once you've experienced it and you're like, oh, I still want to go gamble, that's where you guys come in. Exactly. And a lot of times, like, people will come to Las Vegas for the first time. They'll stay on the Strip. They'll experience the Strip. And then they're like, you know what? I did the Strip experience. Where all, What other hotels are there off the Strip? And, like, we're the number one leader off the Strip hotels, uh, station casinos. So then we get a lot of those guests who, like, hey, I've done this. Let me try out this hotel. And then they go to us. So staying on that, what is the size of the casino floor in the hotel that you worked at Compared to those on the strip, is it comparable? I would say it's comparable a little bit, but obviously ours is a little smaller. And like, but uh, a unique experience that uh, we have at Red Rock is like we have the only private area. It's like called a salon area, and it's a private gaming area, and it's the only casino in Las Vegas to have it. So like, if we have those Dana Whites or p- big time people, they could go off. Like, because, you know, if Dana White goes in the casino, everyone's, like, all over them. So, like, they want to go somewhere private. There's, like, a private area where they could go in the back and gamble, which is really cool. Interesting. So, and then that 
you have all the dice games, you have all the, the card exactly. tables, and everything's back there, yep. and it's just, it's exclusive. Exactly. And then if they have, like, uh, say, if Dana White's saying, I have 15 people, we only want blackjack. We could convert all the tables in that private area just to blackjack. That's cool. Which is really cool. Providing that unique experience, I think, it, it especially caters to the more well-known people who want that experience for themselves but not to be harassed at the same time exactly and we have uh as as far as like our restaurants we have one of the nicest steakhouses in vegas as well t-bones chop house Mm -hmm. it's like known for like one of the best state top five steakhouses in las vegas which helps as well i'm sure it does (laughs) i'm sure you get the all-in-one if you go to the one place so that's awesome noah we're gonna transition back to piedmont and piedmont athletics and um I want to ask you, what is your favorite Piedmont sports memory? Hold on. From your team and another team on campus. Okay, first from our team, probably basketball-wise, I would say my sophomore year when we uh, defeated LaGrange in uh, the conference uh, semifinals, I think it was, to advance to the finals versus Maryville. Mm -hmm. It was an overtime game, and we beat LaGrange uh, two points. It was uh, nearly a buzzer beater. And then we advanced on to play uh, Maryville in the conference championship. I do remember that. That was that was awesome. Which was an amazing experience, and it was awesome, yes. Yeah, and, I mean, especially beating LaGrange on the road. That's not easy to do. At all. Man. Yeah. And I don't like his, I don't like their coach. Not to badmouth him, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of their coach as well. So anytime you beat LaGrange, I love beating them. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm right there with you. I don't like the guy either, but <laughs> that's, that's for another day. Um, what about from another team on campus? Okay, uh, I would say I think it was either my sophomore or freshman year. Uh, you'll probably be able to help me out remember the soccer team, uh, penalty kicks. Uh, I forgot who they were playing. I think they might have been playing Maryville. It might have been last year or it was the year before that. Um, they won in penalty kicks. I think Kaylee King hit the game, game-winning game penalty kick to event. I think that was the conference champion, and they won the conference championship, and everyone rushed the field. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. Was that – that was still USA South, right? It was still USA South, yeah. And everyone rushed the field. I know Kaylee King hit the game-winning kick. I forgot. I think they I were think playing it was Maryville. Two years. It ago, might have been two years ago. I think because last year was CCS final, and yep. that was also penalty kicks here. Yes. And so then, yeah, it must have been two years ago. Yep. The women's soccer team's phenomenal. It's amazing. And I would say really like Piedmont sports, like everyone is like all in family and like goes to each other games like i know the basketball team goes to the soccer games the soccer people go to the lacrosse games and it's just really like the baseball people go to the basketball games and it's just really a unique experience how like everyone's just rooting for each other and rooting to win i mentioned this on a previous show um i was told my freshman year if you go to other people's games they will show up at your games and that's true. And that is exactly true. Yes. Yeah, and we we have a large showing at any home game. If you go, even on a regular Wednesday night, there's hundreds of people there. Yep. And tons of students, tons of student athletes. And that's why people on sports is so special. I completely agree. And I, uh, to attest to that, I think fans really help in like a, having a solid student section and a solid foundation to root for you, especially in those t- uh, tight games. Just to get in the other team's heads is very helpful. Absolutely, and that's that's why there's – I don't know if you've heard of this, but when women's soccer plays a home game, it's hard for them to get home games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. people hate playing here. Yep. And exactly. And it's the same when it comes to basketball, I'd imagine. Yep. Because a lot of people uh, – a lot of people don't like playing in Cave Arena. Exactly. We have one, uh, one of our teammates, Joe Hellenbrook. He's uh, the same grade as me. His uh, good friend is on Ogrethorpe, 
and he was talking to Joe, and he's like, man, I, I don't like going to the Cave Arena because your guys' student section, and I'm like, that helps, you know? Those help us win games. Yeah, and last year against Oglethorpe, uh, that was that was something. I know, that I know. Was, I think it was a hunter bomb. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure. Do they come back this year? They don't. They, they didn't schedule They're scared. For a reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, basketball, it's – I think it's so unique because it it dominates the season. Yep. Because we have the two teams, and that's what I like so much about Piedmont is the fall and the winter are dominated by just two teams. Exactly. Like, well, I should specify and say on campus, it's yep. dominated by two teams. You have the two soccer teams and then the two basketball teams in the fall and the winter. And that spring is so chaotic. I know. Because you got softball, baseball, men's women's lacrosse. Exactly. And then the outlasting last the last half of basketball season too. Yep. It's it's crazy. Yep. And I man, and we have it so good. Oh, we have it amazing. Like for, as far as division 3, I know you're going to get into that later in our conversation, but I'd like to mention again like Piedmont for University for Division 3 is like a great hidden gem. Yeah. And if you have the chance to tour it, come tour it. It's not not entirely what you can imagine, but once you get here that's when it really it starts. It changes a lot of people's it does. expectations. Yes. And th- you learn to love it. That's what I've learned. Exactly. Yeah, like coming in freshman year, and it's probably normal for college. I sometimes get like frustrated. I'm like far away from home. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not near my family. Or it's just like, but I mean, I've been here for four years and I've loved it. I love the small school aspect. I love the class sizes, everything. Right. And you can attest to that, especially being, what, 12 hours from home roughly? Uh, roughly like Eight to nine hours, yeah, driving. Okay. I fly a lot, but still, driving yeah. is bad, you know? And that's the people that are out of state, especially, can really attest to, like, calling this place a second home. Exactly, yeah. And, and that goes into the fact, like, the family aspect, mm-hmm. and everyone's here for you. And it's not just your friends on your basketball team. I'm friends with people on the baseball team, the lacrosse team, and yeah. that helps out. Yeah, and it's just one big family. Exactly. Like, once people swallow their pride and, like, all the – different whatever you want to call it the beef between teams sure but once you get over that everybody's friends with exactly. everybody yeah. and that's why that's why it's so awesome and that's why it's 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 a great place to be that's right so we're going to transition um into my final question for you noah uh do you believe that there are stigmas and stereotypes surrounding division three student athletes I definitely believe there's certain stigmas and uh, stereotypes around D3. And I think one big one is just that a lot of people know that, like, Division III, uh, we can't get, like, athletic scholarships. We're only on, like, academic scholarships. And people are like, dang, you went D3, and, like, you're not even on an athletic scholarship. But I think at all levels, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, JUCO, and, like, all levels, if you play a college sport, like, you could play in anywhere. You know, it doesn't really matter if you go D1, D2. I really think it's just, like – Anywhere you go, you could play necessarily. Yeah, and I think a lot of people just kind of push away D3. But the D3 experience is, it's honestly, it's good. Exactly, yeah. And as far as like basketball, like we're Division Three, we play two D1s per year, which is an amazing experience. We get to fly to some games. I'm sure lacrosse does the same thing. And mm-hmm. we get to like charter buses. And like, we obviously, like, so I think a lot of people don't know the like the posit- positive as- aspects of Division Three. And what do you think about academic stigma surrounding student athletes? I would say um, a lot of the academic, like, is, like, certain, I don't know, the stigma or whatever, but, like, here, most D3s are super small, obviously, and I mm-hmm. think, like, that's upside for us because we get those small class sizes, the ratio for the, like, professors and stuff like that. We get to build that bond. If you go to, like, a large school, like, 
I know it's cliche to say, but like you're just a number. Like right. you're not really gonna talk to your professor that much. You're not here at Piedmont. You get to build that relationship, have small class sizes, and I think it's really amazing. Yeah, and they want you to succeed too, which is something that you don't really get to see all the time, especially when it comes to professors and student athletes. Like they are so understanding, and they really set you up to succeed and they help you when it's necessary for sure definitely and like uh a lot of them have like office hours you could go to them anytime they'll help you out like you mentioned uh tutoring you could go to i know like for basketball we have like certain tutoring hours we could go see professors anything and i just think it's really just amazing yeah and that's why we have it so good especially when it comes to both sides of being a student athlete being the student first and then being the athlete second and i i think even coaches understand that for sure yeah and i think uh a big like just like a random fact to give you uh chad you might know this but um as far as like d3 stigma uh two years ago greensboro who we played uh beat longwood and they're like a d1 so like yeah going back to my point like anyone could be anyone anyone can play i think the stigma is like no good and i think division three is amazing yeah and we can attest to that especially being student athletes ourselves and you still are i'm retired but <laughs> and that going back to that point i mean lenore ryan Last year, they they beat a Division One exactly. as a Division Two, yep. and if they want to play, they want to play. All levels can play, for yeah. Sure. And that's I think that's why the more predominant sports like football, basketball, baseball, all the big sports, it's so competitive. No matter what division you go to, for sure. Definitely. And because the market is so large, because those are the sports that you grow up playing. Exactly. Yep. And that's what makes it so unique, especially because. Just because you didn't go Division One doesn't mean you're a failure. Exactly. It I just think, means you have a, another opportunity lined up. Exactly. And I think a lot that a lot of people got to get over that like thing in high school. Like it, it's either D one or nothing. Right. It's, it's really not. Like it shouldn't be like that. And I think a lot of people in high school need to learn that it's not just that. If you get an opportunity to play, I would take it. Like and go where they want you is a big one too. Like I know, like for me, like Coach Neely, like he was really like on top of me, like following up on my basketball season in high school and everything. It seemed like he just really wanted me, and I, I've came here and I have no regrets and I've loved it yeah and I think that's what makes the opportunity so special so if you're listening and you have the opportunity to become a student athlete I highly recommend it and Noah can attest to it too any athlete on this show over the course of the 12-week period is going to attest to that and they're going to say do it if you have the opportunity to for sure definitely and Noah that looks like all the time we have on the show thank you for joining me perfect thanks for having me Chad I really do appreciate it tune in next Friday at 6 p.m. and you'll hear from senior men's lacrosse player Connor Rogers thank you for listening to this episode of kill the lights more than an athlete This 12-episode podcast series features comments from 12 different Piedmont University athletes about their plans after college. New episodes are posted every Friday evening at 6 p.m. wherever you get your podcasts.